Amen, amen. The powerful name of Jesus. I don't know what you're expecting God to do in 2019, but here's what I know. Through his spirit, through his power, through the powerful name of Jesus, all things are possible. So what we're going to do, yeah, you can celebrate that. And just a second, we're going to pray together and we're going to open God's word because I believe God has an incredible word in store for you. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine orchestration that God wants to speak a word to your heart that could help you enter into this new year different than any other year before. Will you join me in that prayer? God, we love you so much and we are so thankful for the powerful name of Jesus that through the power of your spirit, you rose Christ from the grave. Lord, we thank you that that same spirit now lives within us. God, I pray for every single person who is in this room right now who needs you to move in their life in a powerful way. We pray that they would know you are a God of the impossible. You are a God who steps into what seems impossible and shows off every time. Lord, we come to you this year with our hopes and our dreams, and we submit them to you knowing that you have greater things in store for us. Lord, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, turn to somebody as you're sitting down, tell them you already lost weight this year. It is so great to be here with you this morning. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, and I want to say welcome. I hope that you are having an incredible start to your 2019. We believe that God has some incredible things in store for you. I just want to take a second and say, if you are a first-time guest with us, welcome. We hope that you feel loved and have an incredible time with us this morning. The only thing that we ask is at some point during this message, you take a second and you fill out this connect card. It's a simple, easy way for you to get connected here with us at Propel. And we're not going to bog you down or or bother you at all. We just want to send you a note that says thank you and have somebody from our team reach out to see if there's anything we can do to help you take your next steps in your walk with Christ. And if you are tuning in online with us, we want to say welcome to you as well. We believe that God is doing some incredible things through this message of Jesus being spread all around the world. And we're excited today because we get to kick off a brand new series. Now we're entering into a new year and and some of you have, have come in. This is your first time back at church. I just want to go ahead and celebrate something with you before we dive too deep into the message today. And that's this. You have perfect church attendance for 2019. So can you give yourself a round of applause? You're already on a great, on a great track, and, and as we kick off this new series, Jesus at the Center, one of the things that I love to do as we think about New Year's, we tend to make New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm not really a big resolution guy, but I want to give you some good news this morning. If you've made some New Year's resolutions and you're still working on them, you're in like the top 20% of people in the world. Typically, when people get into a new year, they make all these resolutions, they make all these shifts that they want to have in their life, and then by the time they actually get to the new year, a couple days into the new year, they've already given up on all of them. So we get started on these New Year's resolutions, and and, and then all of a sudden we don't have the willpower or the tenacity to keep things going. And truthfully, when we get into a new year, a lot of times we make these priority lists. We want to make sure our priorities get in check and they get in order because we need to make sure everything is in alignment. And so I don't know about you, but maybe your priority list looks a lot like this. So you're starting off a new year 
and you say, hey, you know, number one in my life this year is going to be God. I'm going to put God first. And that's actually supposed to say Jesus, not first. Y'all going to have to help me and just bear with this writing today. Can I get an amen? amen. You're going to follow me. Number two, we got to take care of maybe, maybe this year you're going to put yourself in priority. And you say, well, pastor, that seems a little bit weird. But here's what you got to know. The scripture teaches us, Jesus says that the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart. So there he's first. Then he says to love your neighbor as yourself. So you would think other people would come next, but if you don't love you, then you can never love others well. So maybe you put yourself second, and, and down here is, is going to be my family, and then next is going to be my, my job. And then maybe number five, we got friends. Some of y'all don't, but some of us do. I'm just, I'm just kidding. If you don't have friends, we're going to be kicking off groups in a couple weeks, and you're going to get some friends. In Jesus' name. And then maybe we'll just come down here and do hobbies, extracurriculars, all that good stuff. So we tend to make priority lists a lot like this. And, and when we do, here's what happens. God's got his box. I've got my box. The family's got their own box. My job's got a box. Friends have a box. Hobbies have a box. And we've compartmentalized our lives. I've got everything packaged nice and neat. So we look at a calendar and we go, okay, what are priorities? Priority number one is God. So here's what I'm going to do. God, you've got Sundays. And then, you know what, maybe I'm able to do this with work and so I'm going to take Mondays off and, and Tuesdays, ooh, Tuesdays, that's when I'll go on date night with my wife. So there's family cover. Maybe you've got kids and you know they've got sporting events on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I can do, I can do my family on those days and job. That's every day because somebody's got to pay the bills around here. And, and then friends, you know, I really don't have time for friends, but here's what I'll do. I'll make time for them Saturdays. My friends can have Saturdays and hobbies. If I have any other spare time left over, that's what I'll do. And so we structure our lives this way. And what I would propose to you today is this is the wrong way of doing it. I'm going to propose to you today that this year in 2019, I don't want you to put God first. I want you to put him at the center of everything. If you have a Bible, go with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18. It says this, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything. Turn to somebody and say everything. everything. In the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him, and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. So what I would propose to you this year is not to just put God first, but to put God at the center of everything. So it's no longer God and then me. It's God in me. And it's no longer God and, and then my family. It's God in my family. 
And it's no longer God, then my job. It's God in my job. It's no longer God, then my friends. It's God in my friends. And it's no longer God and then my hobbies. It's God in the middle of my hobbies. So what we want to do this year is we don't want to just put God first. Because if we just put God first, here's what we'll end up doing. We'll go through our 2019 and we'll just have a checklist of things that we do for God. And so I'll feel like, hey, God is first as long as I, as I show up like 50% of the Sundays out of the year. And as long as I sit down and read scripture one day a week, I've got God first and then I can focus on me and, and then I can focus on my family. When you and I put Jesus at the center of everything, what this passage in Colossians says is that he existed before all things and he holds all things together. And when he holds all things together, he's first in everything. So it's not Jesus and then everything else. It's Jesus in everything. Because here's the truth that if you're taking notes, I want you to write down today, is that Jesus belongs at the center of my life. When Scripture in Colossians says that he holds all things together, if we structure our lives like this, we'll give God a checkbox, we'll get, do a list of rules and regulations, and then we'll move on. And if you move on and you compartmentalize your life this way, everybody's got their own little island and you've taken Jesus out of everything. And God can stay in his corner and then I'll do the rest. So if you want to know why you're stressed out about your job, it's because you've invited God into every area of your life except your workplace. And so you want promotion, you want financial blessing, but, but you're still trying to be the provider of your home. And you're not letting God be in the middle of it. Business leaders, I want to tell you something. A lot of times when we, when we look at the corporate world and we look at Jesus, we, we think that business and Jesus don't go together. Can I tell you, you can lead a business and honor God at the same time. You can lead a business and treat people the way Jesus would treat people at the same time. You don't have to cut throats to climb the ladder. I love the fact that if you look through Scripture, you'll see that David didn't have to send out his resume. Saul called for him. Because when God wants to appoint somebody or elevate somebody, he does it. He doesn't need permission. He doesn't need opportunity. He does what he does because that's who he is. So you and I, this year, I believe, need to put Jesus at the center of our lives. Because the reason why we get so bogged down and so weighted in all of these things, and for some of you, you're looking at this list right now and you're going, yep, that stresses me out and that stresses me out and that stresses me out, is because we're not letting God into the middle of all things. When you end up removing Jesus from where you spend the majority of your time you put him on an island all by himself. And it may not be the biggest island, but it is an island nonetheless. So I want to open up some scripture with you. I think that you and I have several things that we can do today that, that help us. But maybe you're here and you're thinking, Jesus really doesn't want to be in the center of my life. Because that's a lot of details for him to be involved in. This is an incredible passage of scripture. Psalm 37, 23 says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And he delights in every detail of their lives. Could you imagine for a moment being God? It would be incredibly difficult, right? But every detail of your life, Scripture doesn't say that he's okay with it or he shrugs his shoulder at it. 
It says he delights in it. God loves you and I and wants to be in the details. He wants to be at the center of everything. So the question is, how do we do it? How do we put Jesus at the center of everything? I got two things for you this morning. Number one is this, to put Jesus at the center of my life means to be fully surrendered to him. To put Jesus at the center of my life means to be fully surrendered to him. This is what Galatians 2, chapter 19 through 21 says. This is the, I'm going to just give you a caveat. I love this passage of scripture because it was the first passage of scripture I read after I met Jesus. It says this, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. Paul's writing to the church of Galatia and he says, hey, I've been trying to follow this set of rules. I've been trying to do this thing the religious way of just checking the boxes off and keeping all the commandments and following everything to the T. And you know what I've realized? I can't do it. Like it's incredibly taxing and burdensome to try and live my life just following all of these rules. It's the entire reason why Jesus looks at the Jewish people of the time and he says, hey, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's not because they were exhausted physically. It's because spiritually, mentally, emotionally, they were spent. These were people who had been trying to just follow the rules and and be good enough to get into heaven. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be good enough because I'm good enough. Like, you don't have to carry the weight and the burden of that. I love what 1 John says, that those who love the Lord, the laws of God are no longer burdensome to those who are in Christ. Can we keep reading in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? He says, so, so in other words, I died to the law so that I might live for God because you can't do both. You can't follow the law and follow God at the same time because you'll miss out on it. God was never about rules and regulations. He was about relationship. Verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. In in other words, my past mistakes, my past junk, the way that I used to live, the way that I live now is dead. It's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that sounds incredible, right? I don't live anymore. My old life is gone. Now, Christ is in me. I've got this new life. I've got the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So what do I do with the rest of my life now? He goes on to say, so the life I live now in this earthly body, I live by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. What Paul is trying to tell you and I is that if we just try and follow a bunch of rules and regulations and lists, we will treat the grace of God as meaningless. He says, I don't don't do that. I I know and I understand that I will never be good enough for this thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be fully surrendered. I'm going to understand that my old life is over and the life I now live is for the one who died for me. In other words, it's this great exchange. As Jesus dies on the cross and dies the death you and I deserve, we get to now live the life that he lived through the power of his death. And what you and I now do is we don't live for ourselves anymore. We die, we die to ourselves and live for the one who gave everything. So full surrender is not just surrendering sin. 
You're saying yes to God's way of doing everything. And I think this year, what typically ends up happening in the new year is we give God one issue at a time. Okay, God, you can have my anger today, and I'm going to give you my anger, but I'm going to hold on to this thing. And God, you can take, you know, I, I've, been, I've been just, oh, I hate my job, and I hate my coworkers, so, so I don't tell them I have a problem with them. I go to the water cooler and talk about them, not to them. And, and so <laughs> four of y'all struggle with that. <laughs> no, you don't. A lot of us do. Because what we do is we, we cloak gossip in, oh, they need help. Or some of us, if you're super Christian, you cloak gossip in prayer requests. <laughs> some of y'all laugh because you know people to do that. What God wants you and I to do is not just give him one thing at a time. It's not just to give him one sin issue or one thing we're struggling with. Maybe you, you're doing that and you're giving him one thing at a time over and over and over again. But nothing changes. Because you're not fully surrendered. Full surrender is not giving God one thing at a time. It's, it's letting God have everything. We see two passages of Scripture. We see Abraham and Isaac. As he, Abraham is following after God, he's been waiting for this promise. God says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go kill your son. You know that guy you've been waiting on for years and years, and, and the one who's supposed to make you a father of many nations, Isaac, yeah, your kid, I want you to go sacrifice him. So Abraham says, here's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go worship. He takes his son up to the mountain, he ties him to this altar where he's gonna sacrifice him, and then this angel appears and says, hey, whoa, 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 don't harm the boy. The Lord now sees that you've withheld nothing. That's surrender. That when God brings up an issue, when God says to do something, you are fully committed, fully surrendered to say, yes, I'm willing to do whatever, to go wherever, to be whatever, to do what you've called me to do. We see another passage of scripture with the rich young ruler who God, he's like, yeah, man, I've done, done the list. And Jesus says, you know, have you broken any of the commandments? He's like, nah, dude, I'm good. I got this. And Jesus says, oh, okay, but there's one thing you lack. Here, do this. Go and sell all your possessions to the poor and then come follow me. His, Jesus isn't saying that so that you and I would do that. He pointed out the issue of one man and said, hey, there's this thing that stands in the way of you being fully surrendered to me. If you'll deal with it, y- you can come. And it says that the man walked away in sadness for he loved his possessions. You see, Abraham, who's fully surrendered, received promise and blessing. You see the rich young ruler walk away in sadness. When you and I fully surrender to the call of God, it brings great joy. It's not to say things don't get difficult. But surrender is not a one-time decision. It's a daily posture that you and I have to take. We keep reading. I'll read you Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is what Paul says. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So if you want to know what surrender looks like, Paul says, just do this. Give yourself to God. If you really want Jesus at the center of your life, don't just give him Sundays and don't just give him the, the day of the week that you spend the Bible and don't just give him a propel group. Give him everything. Present your body as a living sacrifice. And I know you, you thought, man, maybe this message is like one of those tough ones for you to hear. You thought, oh, pastor's just going to come out. He's just going to talk about the love of Jesus today. And I am. Because you'll never experience all that God has for you until you present your body as a living sacrifice. 
Like, it would be wrong for me to stand on stage and tell you, you could just give God a few things and it'll be all right. When you're fully surrendered to him, everything changes. When you're fully surrendered and you put him at the center of your job, you'll see blessing like never before. The reason why you struggle in your walk with Christ is, is, is probably this one. It's probably the people you hang out with. Because if you've got relationships that aren't glorifying and honoring God, and if you have friends that aren't pushing you closer and closer to him, they're not benefiting you at all. What they're most likely doing is masking the fact that you have an inability to be by yourself. And if you allow God to change your life by changing your friends and, and being at the center of everything, it, as Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. i got 13 minutes, okay? Then it says, verse 2, so do not conform to the patterns of this world. I love that Paul doesn't just give you and I some like false sense of security, like as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, everything is going to be perfect from that point on. He says, hey, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, but... But, but just know this, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the world to come at you. Don't conform. Don't conform to the ways of this world. And next week, you and I are going to have the opportunity to dive into that a little bit. I'm going to show you Daniel chapter 1 and show you the three things that the world tries to do to you and I, to them, and what it still does today. And I believe it's going to change a lot of the way you think about the way God works. And not only that, we're going to kick off 21 days of prayer next week, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. So he goes on, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Isn't that what most of us want for 2019? to figure out what the heck God wants for our life. <laughs> you ever been there? Like, you're sitting down in the morning. You're like, God, I love you. Thank you so much for everything. Can you just tell me what you want me to do? Like, I, I'll probably do it, you know. But, if, but I just want to know, God, what is your will for my life? And we talk a lot about calling. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Is to put him at the center of everything. Because Scripture teaches us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added. So you want to know God's will, put him at the center of everything, and he'll show you his will in the middle of it. That's what Paul says. Is don't be transformed. Don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then as God renews your mind and he transforms the way you think, what you're going to see is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love Paul's motivation. Can we pull up 12.1 again? He says, brothers, in, in view of God's mercy... I think for some of us, the reason why we follow God is out of fear. Maybe you're worried that God's going to judge you or condemn you. But he says, hey, because we understand God's mercy, because we understand that God, God loves us, this is why we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. What's your view of God like? Are you conformed or transformed? Because in Christ, we're not trying to defend our old self. We're not trying to defend our old way of living. We're surrendering to him and going through a complete metamorphosis, a complete change of the mind. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to be fully surrendered to God. Here's the second thing, is we're going to let God transform you by changing your thoughts. And let God transform you 
by changing your thoughts. You know that scripture teaches that sin begins in the mind. Because in order for me to sin, I have to think about it first. And that's where your spirit and your flesh actually go to war with each other. So it's in your mind, you're going, oh man, should I, should I cheat? Should I lie? Your spirit says, no, don't do it. <laughs> your flesh says, yeah, do it. Nobody will find out. And so if we can allow God to transform the way we think, it will change the way that we live our entire lives. I love the fact that Jesus challenges the way that people think. Because regardless of how many times we read throughout the Bible, if you and I don't allow God to change our minds, we will continue to impose our bias and opinions on God's word. So my challenge for you would be this, this year in 2019, as you're opening Scripture, don't let your opinions formulate Scripture. Let Scripture formulate your opinions. Like, let the truth of God's Word open your heart and allow you to receive what He wants for your life. Because truthfully, that, that, that's why we use so much Scripture when we teach. I've never walked out here and given you one, because I got one verse for you today. Here's why. Because you don't need to know what I think about stuff. You don't need my opinions on stuff. My opinions are useless when it comes to the truth of God's word because my opinions should be completely based on God's truth. And if they're not, then there's a problem. So if I have ideologies and thought processes that don't align with Scripture, I'm not fully surrendered to God because I'm not allowing him to change my thoughts. I'm going to invite Noah back out. For a second. So maybe you're here and you're going, how do I let God transform my thoughts this morning? I've got a couple of things for you. The first thing you can do is feed your mind with truth. So sit down this year. I would say take some time. It may be five minutes a day. It may be an hour a day. If you're holy, it may be all day. And read scripture. Like, take some time and open God's Word. You and I have more access to God's Word than ever before. Somebody asked me, like, what, what's your biggest advice for people who are just trying to read the Bible? I call it toilet bowl reading. That's the perfect place for the keys to drop in, right? You know the Spirit fell in that moment. When you sit down to use the bathroom, and you just, you go scroll through Facebook anyways, here's what you should do. Scroll through John chapter 1. Scroll through Galatians chapter 1. There's a ton of content in Galatians. If, if you're looking for a place to start, I think it's an incredible one. I probably wouldn't kick it off in Leviticus unless you're like super brave. <laughs> but if you and I take a couple minutes a day, and there's Bible reading plans. Maybe right now you're struggling with, with anger. You can download the, the Bible app and, and start a Bible reading plan on anger and read about people who have been battling with anger but through the renewal of their mind have found truth and freedom. Right now, I'm a very, I'm a creative individual. I, I love creation. And so I'm doing a Bible reading plan on this guy that we find in Exodus named Bezalel. And you've never heard me teach on him. I'm probably going to teach on him pretty soon because that's what I'm reading right now. And it's incredible. He's just, he's the guy who was in charge of designing the tabernacle to build the innards of everything. And it was incredibly beautiful. Maybe you just need to sit down and spend some time feeding your mind with the truth of God's Word. 
If you want God to transform your mind, uh, the next thing I think you can do is you can connect with godly friends. Maybe you're here and you know that the people you hang out with week in and week out are not people who are pushing you closer to Jesus. Here's what I would encourage you to do. One, we're going to kick off groups in a couple weeks, but stop running to your car as soon as we let people out of the worship experience. Hang out in the lobby. Talk to some people. Get plugged into a team. Build godly relationships with people who are going to push you and encourage you to grow in your walk with Christ. Because truthfully, one of the other things you need is accountability. You need somebody in your life who you can go, hey, I know the way that I think about this isn't right. I need a sounding board who's going to come back to you and say, well, this is what God's word says and God's truth says. Third thing is, man, spend some intimate time with Jesus. So if you could take the first 30 minutes of your day, maybe it's the last 30 minutes of your day, and just get alone with God. I think one of the things we teach a lot on is is how to how to hear and read scripture, and I think that's incredible, but you gotta understand, talking is great, but listening is so incredible because God has a desire to speak to you. Through his word, he has a desire to speak to you through other people. If you and I would take alone time to just sit and listen, and then I think if you and I remember his past faithfulness, it'll help us tremendously put Jesus at the center. Because what I can do is I can look back I can look back in my own life and remember when I was at the center of me. When my life was all about me, I remember what that was like. And can I tell you, the weight Jesus carries for me is way greater than the weight I carried for myself. So when I look at my own life and I look at how I used to live and I look at my family and and, and there was a season, it was just a couple of months ago, I, I caught myself where I was at the center of my family. It was all about me. It was all about me providing for my family and me making enough money and me working this job and making this business deal. And if I could just do this and this and this, our family's going to be totally fine. And what I had to remember is that God is my provider. He's in the center. When you look at your job, when you look at your hobbies, you look at your friends, I think this year, if we don't put him first, we know he's first. That's what that Colossians passage said, that he is supreme over all things. Yes, God is number one. But it says when he's at the center of everything, he is first in everything. So today, here's what I want you to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Maybe the biggest shift that needs to happen today for you is that your mind would be changed. Maybe it's a shift in the way that you think about God's position and God's purpose in your life. Maybe it's, it's you putting him at the center of everything, being fully surrendered to him. Maybe today you realize that your life isn't surrendered to him. You've never given him control or you've restricted access in a couple of places. And today's the day where you want to say, hey God, today... I'm going to present my body to you as a living sacrifice. Anything I've been withholding, you now have access to. Today, I'm going to fully surrender everything. If that's you and you know Jesus isn't at the center of your life, and today you want to put him there, would you just lift your hand real quick? See those. Here's what I want to do. 
Nobody's going to pray alone. We're all going to pray together. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Today I put you at the center. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, will you stand to your feet and celebrate with those who just made decisions for Jesus? We're going to continue for a moment in worship and, and sing a song called I Belong to You. And I just want to encourage you for a second. Maybe you're here today and, and you go, hey, I don't, I don't really understand. I, I see some people all throughout the, the auditorium and, and they've got their hands lifted and and here's what, to me, that's a beautiful symbol of. Maybe you've never done this. I actually really enjoy playing paintball, okay? I like shooting people, like, and them not dying. So, but in paintball, if you, if you get shot, one of the things that you do is, is you actually throw your, your hands up in the air, and it's a, it's a symbol to say, hey, I, I surrender, I'm, I'm done. And when we worship, when I, when I stand on the front row and, and I lift my hands and worship to God, here's what I'm saying. God, I can't fix me. God, I, I can't change my circumstances. I can't change the current situation that I'm going through. But here's what I know. I am fully surrendered to your will, your plan, and your way. And I believe that you can move. So today as we worship, maybe today's the first time where you give it a shot and you go, hey, God, I surrender. I surrender everything. I'm not going to withhold anything. I'm not going to care about how I look to the people around me. Because let me just tell you, when you stand before God, it's just going to be you and him. Ain't nobody else going to be around. And in that moment, Scripture says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And if I know that's what's going to happen at the end, here's what I can do now. I can do it. I can say, Jesus, you got everything. There's no part of me that's off limits to you. Will you pray with me and then we're going to worship. Lord, we love you. Today we are fully surrendered to your plan, your will, and your way. And Lord, we ask as we worship in these next moments that you would meet us directly where we're at. I pray for every person who is struggling, who has a situation that seems too much to bear. I pray that you would press in to their heart that 2019 is a year of breakthrough as we surrender everything to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.